Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbot. What's up? Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Hola, mis amigos. Como estas? Looking like a Jedi with his Lord Sith hoodie on tonight. Bringing the real Raiders vibes. You look like if Joe Dirt found a <laughs> pair of sunglasses at Goodwill. Hey, it's Dirtay. <laughs> I actually did pick these up at the old Will a couple hours ago, and I'm never taking them off. Um, welcome in to our Starts and Sits, Starts of the Week episode. We are the Fantasy Football Fathers. You can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers if you have not already. Uh, we will be going through every single matchup. I believe this is the early window matchup. And then, uh, on the second episode, going through all the late window games in our starts of the week. So pretty exciting stuff, but the most exciting thing in the fantasy football landscape, Tyler, I believe we have breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's been a while since we've had one of those. So good to have it back. Um, Christian McCaffrey, CMC, is on his way to the Bay to play for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Initial thoughts, reactions. Are I mean, we excited? Are we pissed? Are, how is this going to go? Will he be hurt in three plays? Well, all Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell owners are pissed. Like, I know Elijah's going to be coming back here shortly, but I mean, it's going to be the CMC show now. Like, there's no way this is going to be a committee approach when you have the talent of a Christian McCaffrey in your, in your backfield. So he's going to be the guy. If he gets hurt, that's a whole different thing. Um, also good news, this was just reported. Christian McCaffrey apparently has already spoken with Kyle Shanahan, and he is expected to play this weekend in their red zone package. So Let's go. So you could. So even though he's not going to be playing the whole game, he's going to be getting a lot of looks in the red zone, um, you know, running the ball and probably catching the ball as well. So there's a probably good, pretty good chance he gets in the end zone. Hell yeah. That's all, <laughs> so, I, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> so we're still starting Christian McCaffrey, even though he's not expected to play the whole game. Well, but that yeah. was my first initial thought. It's like, uh, is he going to play this weekend or not? You know? Yeah, I mean, and before the we got on, Trey and I were talking about how for for playbooks to be up, you know, different positions, it's harder to learn a playbook. Running back is one of the easiest positions. It's one of the reasons why you see rookie running backs come in and dominate the league so quickly because um, it's basically, you know, hit the hole where you're supposed to hit it. You know, t- get the ball, hit the hole. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, even though the verbiage might be different, the the play designs are usually pretty pretty similar from offense to offense. So he should be able to still get, you know, his even with a limited workload in week one. Yeah, that's all day, baby. Cool. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, it's it's good he's finally on a team that will probably utilize <laughs> him as he should be used and uh, obviously have the running scheme, you know, that position. The running back position there has always been va- valuable for fantasy, and now I do have Christian McCaffrey in a dynasty league. Haven't traded him away yet, and I'm pretty – Happy about that uh, to see what that does. Uh, but let's get into the matchups here, starting with the early windows. 
early window games. Uh, unless you have any thoughts on tonight's Thursday night game, um, uh, I yeah, love, I love seeing Eno Eno get some some run out there with yeah, James I mean, Conner being out. Yeah, I think I think that's, that's really where I want to want to touch on is the highlight a couple guys. Eno Benjamin did finally have a good week um, when he got the chance. That we know that last year he did next to nothing when he got his you know couple starts in the season. So it's good to see Eno doing some stuff there. He did have half of his yardage come on a single play, but, you know, a breakout play is a breakout play, so you're always going to take it. Um, and also, welcome back to DeAndre Hopkins. He came back like he never missed a beat. He had 14 targets, 10 catches, and over 100 yards, so uh, he's right back at it. I would, if we were going to record this last night like we normally do, we had some time constraints. Uh, Hop was going to be my star of the week, so I'm glad he, he pulled through for you. That was going to be my star of the week. I will give you a new one later in the episode. Ooh. Well, one thing I do want to bring up is Chris Olave and the fact that he had 14 targets, seven catches, 106 yards, came back from that concussion injury, and he continues to go strong. Big part of their offense. Obviously, Michael Thomas is out, but it's pretty strong to see that as a rookie, he's getting that amount of numbers. All right, I'm actually going to take us back real quick to the Christian McCaffrey news. Because uh, we are getting word as to what the Panthers did receive in terms of picks, so just wanted to say that real quick. Uh, Panthers get a second round pick in 2023, a third rounder in 2023, a fourth rounder in 2023, and a fifth rounder in 2024. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, no first round picks for Christian McCaffrey, but a lot of picks in volume, anyway. Yeah, I was yeah, talking I to Tyler. So. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll just say this real quick. I was talking to Tyler about it before we even started recording, and he thinks it's a pretty good haul, which does make sense once he tell, he talked to me about it because he is a running back, and as far as running backs go, that is a decent haul, but I'm with, I'm on with, uh, yeah. on the same page as you. Like, no first-round picks for Christian McCaffrey. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't – I have to look to see if the Niners even have a first round pick for next season. Uh, so I'm not sure if they do, but ultimately, I mean, they have a lot more draft capital than the Rams. And apparently the Rams were the only other like real competition to, to receive him. And the Rams have given up like every pick for the next like three seasons. So they just had nothing left to give. And so I'm sure the Niners had by far the best offer. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a haul uh, in terms of the amount of picks they got. But uh, let's get into these matchups. Um, Falcons taking on the Bengals in Cincinnati. The Bengals are six-point favorites. The over-under is 47 and a half points. Um, the Falcons' offense has been interesting. It's um, the guys that you really want to perform, like a Kyle Pitts. Um, we were hoping Drake London could be a little bit more consistent than he has been. Those guys have not been great uh, for your fantasy team. They did get a win last week, um, but they take on the Falcons this week in Cincinnati. <sighs> what do you guys think about this offense? I mean, are you really starting anyone? And where do you see Kyle Pitts finishing again this week against the Bengals? I mean, Kyle Pitts are going to have to start. You more than likely drafted him, you know, in the – fourth or fifth round maybe the sixth if he, if he lasts a little longer so you probably have to start him there um drake london had those couple of really big games at the beginning of the season has really fallen off um maybe it's you know 
defenses covering shifting coverage more towards him since there's not a whole lot of other passing threat on the outside outside of Kyle Pitts and he's working more in the middle of the field right now so it could be that maybe he's still learning NFL defenses don't know what it is but right now um Pitts you can start because you don't have a better option more than likely but no one else should really be on a startable um roster that's perfectly said you're a scholar and a gentleman <laughs> why thank you young sir <laughs> Pitts or Njoku Njoku I don't know. Um, I'm torn. <laughs> I I mean, the pedigree of Pitts is hard to hard to ignore. Um, but right now, it seems like Njoku has the better floor and potentially the better ceiling right now too, with the way the season's been going. So it feels weird to say, but Njoku. Yeah, uh, Marcus Mariota is streaming option this week. Man, I don't know. The Bengals have been a pretty tough defense all year. Um, Include especially against quarterback, they're only giving up twelve points a game to, to the quarterback position. So I'm thinking Mariota's a not a very good stream this week. I'm yeah. kind of in the middle of the pack on this one. If you have um, Josh Allen or if you have Jalen Hurts who's on bye this week, I would have no problem putting Marcus Mariota in because there's really no one else on your waiver wire that I would like to start besides him. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit in the waiver wire episode. Would you go Ryan or Mariota? I think me and Tyler are on the Ryan side and Trey's on the Mariota, but um, either way, two decent streamers uh, this week. Um, I think Ryan just has a better matchup. But um, on the other side of the football, Tyler Boyd is really the only question mark. I mean, Jamar Chase, obviously a big game last week. You're playing T. Higgins, expected to be healthy and playing. Um, so he's a start. And. Uh, obviously, Joe Mixon hasn't been elite like we want. I think he only has one top 10 uh, week this year so far, but you still have to play him. Um, but what about Tyler Boyd? He equaled six catches with T. Higgins last week. He's played at least 96% of snaps in the last two weeks. So he had a nice flex option for fantasy managers. Yeah, honestly, this week I think he I think he is. Uh, that snap percentage is crazy high. They're starting to really rely on three wide receiver sets, so he's seeing a lot of game time. Um, and the Falcons are not a good defense. They're giving up a ton of points all across the board. So, yeah, I think Tyler Boyd's a, a pretty good flex play this week. I'd mostly agree, but with that snap percentage, like you said, it, he's definitely worth throwing in there. Uh, Lions taking on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 48 points. Swift limited at practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, told reporters that he is pushing to play in week seven. I don't really like how that, um, I don't like that news. If he was a full practice or full participant Thursday, I would feel much better. But the fact that we're, you know, at the end of Thursday and he's still pushing to play week seven, that could not be great. Um, if he does play, though, and is active, do you have any hesitation in, in starting him after being out for a few weeks? I personally would, just because of him being out. I know he's been resting this entire time, but if you've been listening to this podcast at all during the offseason, I called it. You don't <laughs> want to be drafting him that high. It's another victory lap for me. 
I like Jamal Williams this week, even if um, DeAndre Swift plays. So I wouldn't expect much from him this week. Um, I mean, the matchup is tough. They're, you know, they're playing the, the Cowboys, who have really is the defense is the reason why they're even winning football games right now. So it's not a great matchup. But, I mean, with where you drafted Swift, you're going to throw him in there if he's playing. Um, and I don't think that he necessarily has a terrible game. I think he probably comes back and still has a very good game. Uh, it might not be a big, you know, 25 point game, but I think you're still going to get a solid, you know, 15 points out of him. Yeah. I mean, if he's active, you're playing him, but uh, Jamal Williams still is involved in the goal line situations there. So the vulture, um, what about Amon Ross St. Brown? Shit, what, what about, about him, dude? Start that, <laughs> start that motherfucker. Uh, just automatically? Okay. Uh, yeah, He's coming he's back healthy. from an injury as well. Yeah, but he, he also played you know part of the game in New England before they took him back out. So uh, he, he's practicing full this week. So he's not even near an injury report right now. He should be good to go. Yep. Yeah, he's if he's good to go, he's a must start. Um, on the other side of the ball, Dak is back. Uh, expected to practice and start um, for the game on Sunday. Uh, what do you expect out of this offense with Dak coming back? Um, I mean, honestly, you're going to see more a more explosive op- offense. You have to. Cooper Rush was you know playing to not lose the game. Is which what you would you expect to have a backup quarterback? You don't want him going there and make mistakes, and either reason you lose the game, you just don't, you know, he's not really going to go out there and win you the game in most cases either. But uh, you should see a more explosive offense. I think you see an uptick for both Michael Gallup and uh, CD Lamb uh, in the coming weeks. I mostly agree. I wouldn't say explosive, but um, there should be an uptick in what's happening with those receivers and hopefully with Zeke, but. I wouldn't expect much I mean, out of that backfield. More up from the receivers. This was the highest scoring offense in the league last season. So, I mean, other than than losing uh, Amari Cooper and a couple of guys on the line, the offense line is not as good as it was last year. But other than that, like you still have the same personnel, the same guy calling plays. So I would expect this offense to be better. Actually, hey, significantly better. It's 2022. Welcome to now, the future. It's not last year, my friend. Hey, man, the personnel and the play calling is all the same. There's no reason that there should be a, ma- a massive drop off in the offense. So both Zeke and Tony Pollard, uh, playable guys this week. Lions are uh, second in points given up to the running back position, 26.8 a week. Mm. Yeah, they give up a lot of points to the running back <laughs> position. And uh <laughs> I mean and that's that's really putting it as nicely as you possibly can because they've been atrocious against against running backs. Um and Zeke actually showed up last week. It was the first time I feel like he actually looked good running the ball this season was last week. So against Detroit, yeah, I think you're safe putting him back into your lineup. Um I would Tony? say Yeah, I, I think they're both explosive enough plays that you can see that. I think you could see Zeke as a solid RB2 and Tony as a solid flex play this week. If Zeke doesn't do good this week, I'm trading him for anything anyone is willing to give me <laughs> as long as I can start them in my lineup because I am fed up with that dude. He better dude, do something this week. If Zeke if Zeke has a down week this week, if someone gives up a starter for him, then they're stupid. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of stupid people in the world, so... 
Hopefully, I can take advantage of him. Dalton Schultz, I think, is a good play this week, too, at tight end. It's been kind of quiet for him, but uh, Lions giving up 12.4 points per week to the position, and that's the eighth most. Um, so I, I like Dalton Schultz as well. Dude, he's think he hasn't even scored 10 total points this season. Yeah, I know. But he, he'll be back this week. Count on it, pal. All right. All right. Yeah, that is without um, his usual quarterback. So, I mean, week one, he had him for most of the game. So we'll see what happens. And he's also missed, you know, two out of the last six games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, he's not getting any targets, so it's a little worse. Throw so him like in Dak there. Being back. All right. Throw him in there. Don't even worry about it. Uh, Colts taking on the <laughs> Titans. The Titans are two and a half point favorites. The over under is 42 and a half points. Oh, threw a little E in there at the end of Taylor's name, huh? Jonathan Taylor was limited <laughs> at practice on Wednesday with the ankle injury that kept him out last week. Um, he just, I think he was quoted saying he took him, he decided not to play because you just know your own body and uh, felt like he wasn't ready. Um, he's questionable yeah. for this weekend. He actually he did practice in full today, and he's actually off the injury report, so he should be good to go. Okay, so he's feeling good. You know your own body, as Johnny would say, and uh, so that means you're putting him back into your starting lineup. Hines, Naeem Hines, practiced full this week, so he should be available as well, but I don't think you're starting him with Taylor back. Um, Alec Pierce has been pretty... Pretty good the last few weeks. Popular waiver wire um, ad as well. Do you see him as a nice start against the Titans who have given up a lot of points through the air? Yeah, honestly, the matchup for receivers against the Titans is juicy. They're giving up the second most points Juice. in the league. Juicy. <laughs> second most points in the league to, tie to receivers at almost 38 points a game. I mean, that's a matchup you can't deny. So um, against the Titans, receivers are... Trey. Undeniable. Undeniable. There it is. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like, like what you're saying. And Alec Pierce, his snap percentage is slowly increasing. As a rookie, you know, are you curious what these guys are going to do? It's been increasing every week. He has three double-digit productions in a row as far as fantasy points go in a half PPR league. So, yeah, I would say that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good option you got there. If you can't get Alec Pierce... And he, he's rostered in 65% of leagues in Sleeper. You might be able to really grab him off your waiver wire. But before we move on to the Titans side of the ball, I just want to say RIP to the, what was his name again? Deion Johnson. Deion Jackson. <laughs> Deion Jackson. One week experience. Yeah, well, two weeks. Two double-digit performances in two weeks. RIP to him. We will see you later and probably never again. But I appreciate what you did oh, for yeah. last week. It was a run, baby. Good run. Hey, good run there. Dion. <laughs> um, <laughs> Six claps. That's all he gets. Matty Ice. That's who I was going to bring up. Matty Ice, if you picked him up um, off the waiver wire this week, it's probably to stream him, stream him because your starter is out. So, yeah, you're streaming him. I feel good about that. Um, yep. On the other side of the ball, it's, it's Derrick Henry. Yep. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Packers taking on the Commanders. The Packers are five and a half point favorites. Over unders forty one points. Uh. <laughs> Just get to it, man. Don't be scared. Hey, uh. He's like, I don't want to do this. Can we skip this one? Yeah. Talk about it. Last week, um, we brought up concern for the uh, playing for the play and playing time of AJ Dillon. Holy shit. But um should managers also look to for someone to replace Aaron Jones. Tyler. Did you forget how to read? What <laughs> <laughs> Wait, those are worded. This threw me off. Hey man, I I uh, was speed I was speed typing this thing together. Um Honestly, I think it's a it's a good question to, to ask because if you take away his 30-point outburst in week two, he's averaging like eight points a game. Yeah. No, it's been rough, Shit. man. The, op- the offensive line has been terrible. Um, I saw they picked, I think, a, two, a couple guys up um, off practice squads of other teams this week to try to shuffle things around. Uh, but, yeah, the offensive line has been terrible. Um, they're not creating space for the run game. They're not giving Rodgers a whole lot of time. So it's just, it's been throwing the entire offense off, I think. And, uh, I'm scared to really play anybody right now, um, for the Packers, to be honest. I really like Aaron Rodgers this week. Commanders are pretty susceptible against the pass. Uh, Rodgers yeah. has thrown two touchdowns in four out of six games. I know he's had a couple of bad games first week of the season and also last week against the Jets. But I think this week is the first week, and I'll touch on it later, that he surpasses 300 yards, which is crazy, where this far in the season he hasn't done it and easily gets at least two touchdowns. This could be a really good game for the Packers to bounce back in. and I see it happening. And so does Vegas, apparently. Five and a half point favorites, so... Yeah, I mean, there's probably a pretty good chance that Aaron Rodgers comes into this game just pissed the hell off after two two losses. So I could see him absolutely lighting it up. And honestly, I will throw it out there. I think that Alan Lazard is a very good play, um, even though with the up and down play overall for uh, for the offense. Alan Lazard has had four straight double digit games and has scored in four has scored a touchdown four of the five games he's played so far this season. So I think Lazard's a pretty safe play. He's gonna get his red zone looks. And he's going to get his targets. And then because the matchup is pretty good, I think that you could also consider flexing in uh, Romeo. Yeah, I think Ducks. they're both plays just based off the, the matchup. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous. If they don't fix the line this week, it's it's tough to operate as an offense um, if you just can't block. So <clears throat> I'm nervous. But, yes, I, I would agree. I think you can play those receivers. I think you have to play Aaron Jones, but I'm not playing AJ Dillon if I don't have to. <clears throat> um, Robert Tunyon, I think, is a nice uh, streaming option as well at tight end. Of course. Um, yeah, well, I said that last week and it worked out pretty well, didn't it? There, Jedi. Um, <laughs> on the other side of the ball, Taylor Heineke's uh, getting the start for the Commanders with old Wentzy, the fractured little pinky, and uh, he's going to be out four to six weeks. Um, what do you guys think 
of this offense now with old Heineken back in the saddle? <laughs> uh, I think you can still play Brian Robinson. And honestly, for the receivers, I'm if I can, I'm waiting a week. Um, maybe the only guy you can't really wait on is Scary Terry because we're, it's a good chance you draft him kind of early. Um, but if you can, I would wait a week on all on all the pass catchers. See the way this offense, you know, plays out this in this week here. Yeah, I would honestly avoid all these receivers because you know last year Heineke played the whole season and Jeremy McLaurin did have a decent season, but he only had five double digit performances with Heineke as quarterback, and that was without J- Jahan Dotson. So I would. Just avoid this whole offense. But if you have to, Scary Terry is not a bad play because he does get a lot of targets. It's just a matter of like really connecting. R.I.P. Antonio Gibson. R.I.P. He's he's dead and buried. Yeah, move on. (laughs) Many men. Uh, Buccaneers (laughs) taking on the Panthers. Uh, The Bucks are eleven point favorites. The Panthers just traded away their best player. They've ever had um, the Buccaneers. <laughs> that line's probably actually changing since that trade. That was that was eleven points as of two days ago. I bet you that line's changed quite a bit right now. Oh yeah, it's probably more than that. Um, Fourteen point favorites, the Buccaneers. <laughs> um, You're just throwing that out there. <sighs> yeah, that's a guess. Thirteen and a half. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe Tom should have retired, but. Uh, the Buccaneers offense has not been as expected or as advertised. So what are you doing with these weapons in Tampa Bay? Are they still like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin? Um, are they still automatic starts? What about Tom Brady? Are you still starting him? The matchup seems nice, but it's been rough, even when they do have good matchups. So what do you guys think? I'll just take this opportunity to talk about the fact that Marcus Mariota has scored more fantasy points than Tom Brady at this point in the season. And that kind of drives home what you were just saying. Definitely a disappointing season. But I think we talked about it last week. Like the amount of um like Brady is throwing the ball on average maybe like over forty times a game. Yeah, it's a lot. So I mean it <laughs> These receivers got to yeah. be must starts when he's throwing the ball that often. I think Mike Evans, obviously, he's a must start. Chris Godwin is someone you might question a little bit, but even then, Chris Godwin was a little hobbled earlier in the season, and ever since then, he's been getting a good amount of work and looks bordering double digit performances. So you still have to start him, uh, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're getting a ton of targets to Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. Um, and I think that's, um, and I think that's probably because the offensive line has been really poor this season. They lost a couple of starters, uh, from the, you know, last year's squad and they're just not very cohesive. Obviously we've seen Tom Brady, the rant he made at the offensive line last week, and it wasn't the first time this season that it's happened. So, um, I think that's probably your biggest worry and that's the reason why you're getting less targets to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is because he doesn't Tom doesn't have any time to throw the ball but if they get this off in the line moving um, then the receivers will be just fine oh yeah Trey we're changing your nickname to Trey Victory Lap Jose 
by the way. Um, <laughs> wait, why now? After that, after what we just talked about, like white now, dude. Uh, uh, Panthers oh. side of the ball. You're not starting anybody. Yeah, no one. Not yeah, a good soul. explanation. Yeah, the Panthers suck. Good explanation on telling me why my nickname changes after 13 years of knowing you. So that's all right. That's cool. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I'm taking victory laps all season, baby. I've been right. I know. That's why we're changing a lot of them. All right. Just real quick on the Panthers. um, They news came out that DJ Moore being traded away is highly unlikely. They find they see him as a foundational piece going forward. So DJ Moore is still going to be stuck in purgatory for the next. Yeah. Maybe his entire career. Uh, Yeah. Tears reading that. Yeah. I just want to say that the fact that like he should have been traded and they trade Christian McCaffrey and not DJ Moore, who's probably sought after. It says a lot. Maybe DJ Moore will get traded. Hey, I obviously you can't trust like a lot of reports. Like they're like, Oh, we're not going to trade him away. Cause then like the next week they, you know, they trade him away. So I'm sure he could absolutely still could if the right offer comes along. And anybody that is an owner of DJ Moore that you, you hope that he gets traded away. I mean, obviously that's what you're hoping for. Um, just, I don't, don't bank on it. They got rid of rap. They got they got rid of Matt Rule. There's no rules in Carolina, baby. We're just going by the fucking the. We're winging it. I lost all the, the, one the thing, things. The one thing that might change. They have a ton of draft prospects, and this is like looking way down down the road. But they're kind of setting themselves up to try to go after Sean Payton in the, in the off season. You bring in an offensive mind like that, then I think you have a much better outlook for DJ Moore next year. Will he just go away? I'm sick of hearing his name. Sean Payton or DJ Moore? <laughs> Sean. I want him gone. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, the whole Tampa Bay what? thing and all that shit. I just like, oh, how long is his name going to be floated around? Uh, forever, dude. Uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, man. That sucks for him. Um, and fantasy managers that still roster him in dynasty and such um r.i.p they're not gonna be good for years so um don't know why they wouldn't trade them away but giants taking on the jaguars the jaguars are three point favorites over unders 42 and a half points giants side of the ball saquon barkley who knows what's going on with their receivers week to week they're all getting hurt they're not hurt they're hurt so just save yourself the headache you don't have to roster them. You don't have to play them. It is what it is. Um, on the other side of the ball, it seems like there could be a takeover happening in the backfield. We talked about it last week. Travis Etienne uh, significantly outplayed James Robinson, made some really nice runs last week. What are we doing with these guys in the backfield? Travis Etienne must start, and James Robinson is now what? I Honestly, if I'm an owner of James Robinson, I'm probably trying to look for a trade while he still has a little bit of value left. Because um, as of right now, I mean, they're getting similar snap shares and similar touches, but Etienne is doing far more with it. He looks like the much better running back at the moment. So I would try to get rid of James Robinson while he still has you know that name value. Yeah, you said it perfectly. James Robinson had three 
finishes of over 15 points the first three weeks of the season, and ETN came into the picture slowly but surely. You got to try to capitalize on that value and hope someone thinks that Robinson's just having some bad weeks, but really he's not, and it's ETN's backfield at this point. Oh, yeah. Christian Kirk, someone's terrible start of the week last week. Uh, Salvaged <laughs> his week against the Colts with the touchdown. But had a pretty quiet game for three the third week in a row. You high on Christian Kirk again? Smoking that nah. Kirk pack or what? Nah, not this week. The, the Giants actually have a surprisingly stiff defense. Um, that's a weird way of saying that. Um. So weird. Surprisingly, (laughs) the Giants can get their they can get it up. Surprisingly. (laughs) Anyways, they they have a pretty good defense. Hard nosed (laughs) defenders. Let me tell you what. Um, They're they're actually the number one defense against wide receivers for the season at only giving up eighteen points a game. So that's pretty damn good. Um, Still. So so, yeah, I think. Kirk should be uh, sat in all in all leagues this week. Yeah, way to be a jerk about Kirk. You guys can uh, fuck off. He still had a touchdown, but you said everything correctly. I would not start him again this week. Started off hot, just like James Robinson, and it's been going downhill ever since. Yep, quick. Quit jerking Kirk and move on, dude. So uh, the Browns taking on the Ravens. The Ravens are six and a half point favorites. The over-under is 46 and a half points. Nick Chubb, the Pooper Scooper Cooper, and David Njoku for the Browns. Yep. Correct? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's all day, baby. That's that's their trifecta in Cleveland and... For the first time in a while, we can say we're starting three Cleveland players confidently. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Ravens just made a big signing as well, bringing on Deshaun Jackson, the 48-year-old speedster. <laughs> uh, he's now on the practice squad and does have a chance to be added to the active roster as soon as this week. Uh, if he plays this week, what do you expect from him? But how is this also going to affect uh, Bateman and Devin Duvernay? Well, isn't Bateman uh, still injured? Is he going to play this week? He did have Tyler, limited um, limited both day Wednesday and Thursday this week, so he very well could. Well, I'll just say this. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, four targets, one catch, 40 yards. For whatever reason, he gets a deep catch. And if you expect anything more than that, you are an insane person. You're loco. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't expect much. Bateman's definitely the guy here. He's their number one receiver. Um, just can't get over this injury, which sucks. So I, I still don't think you're going to be able to start Rashad this week. I'm not uh, someone who likes to play Devin Duvernay, as some do. Um let me know if you guys have a different opinion on that. But also, J.K. Dobbins did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with the knee tightness, so that seems to still be an issue. If you did pick up the hot waiver wire ad in Kenyon Drake, are you fully confident in starting him this week with J.K. Dobbins being hobbled? 
Uh, yeah, I I would be. I mean, it seems like with JK's out, it's it's Drake's it's Drake's backfield. I know you have Justice Hill there, and he might get a few point a few carries here and there, but it's going to be Kenyon Drake's backfield. So I have no problem immediately throwing him into your lineup this week. I wouldn't really have a problem throwing him in the lineup, but if you expect a return performance from last week, you're going to be probably pretty sorry about that. But at this point, with the the running back landscape that it is, he is worth starting, especially if J.K. Dobbins is not going to play. Yeah, I agree with Trey. Temper expectations. I think a lot of times people chase points, you know, especially for a guy that just came in and weirdly had like 10 yards per carry. Um I don't expect that to happen again. I do think he's startable, but more in that RB3 flex category rather than a solid RB1 or 2 this weekend, in my opinion. Um, That'll do it for the early window games, correct? Yeah, no, that's yep. it. Psych! Uh, the producer's in my ear right now. I am getting word from the team in the back of the studio that we are now changing this to one episode versus two. So now we will be doing all the late window games as well as our starts in the week in one episode, man. That is insane. Groundbreaking stuff here from the Fantasy Football Fathers, (laughs) and uh, I'm just excited to be a part of it. I'm glad you called me a team. Oh, man. It's a one-man team back here on the production side. and <laughs> It uh, really is. Yeah, I made, an, I made an executive decision. So, yeah, let's fucking dive into this shit. That's why they make the big bucks back there in, in post, because um, they just they work magic. So, shout out to all those guys and gals back there just breaking their backs for us. 80% guys, 20% gals. Shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> late window games uh the super bowl 2022 super bowl champions the new york jets taking on the denver broncos um the jets you know beat the packers last week and that's the biggest win they've had in 30 years so you know it's a big 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 fucking deal and uh <laughs> Where are you going with this? You're so salty, dude. <laughs> just fucking talk about this game. I'm just a salty little, just a salty, salty man. So Salty piece um, of cheese up there. Anyways, it's, I don't know. It's, you know, sometimes beating the Packers is a, a Super Bowl for some teams out there. But Jets, hey, they're winning football games and um, also not producing fantasy assets outside of Brees Hall. Um basically Hashtag already made the Hall of Fame. Elijah is gone, uh missing. We don't know where he's at. Garrett Wilson is a freak athlete but can't get the ball. So not starting anyone besides Brees, right? Brees Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah, Elijah Moore did request a trade today. Um the team has announced that they don't plan on trading he him did? at all. Yeah, he, he he requested a trade today. Let's go. <laughs> that, that's what hashtag Fuck free yeah. free Elijah was trending on Twitter. That's yeah, maybe if you if maybe if you took your pit vipers off, you could get these notifications <laughs> that we all First get all, on our phones. These are real sunglasses. They're Oakleys, not pit vipers. 
So I don't care. Either way, I just want to bring this up. Brees Hall, number five running back in the standard leagues, number six in PPR. If you're one of those guys that really reached on him, congratulations to you. I did not see this coming. It also shows how shitty the running back landscape is. But either way, he's he's a great asset, and yeah, he's the only person I'm starting on the Jets. Yeah, these are also HD3, HDI, Sony technology, uh, 1080p. Um, but you couldn't see the notification about Elijah Moore Google being traded? Chrome, flashback, projectors. So actually, they're not just sunglasses. So they're definitely not pit vipers. You must have notifications uh, turned off because you're clueless. Actually, I can see right through you. I can see your soul right now. Yeah, that's funny because you're not seeing anything. Leaving your body. There's nothing to see, man. What? What? Talk about the Broncos. What? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Broncos. Melvin Gordon is officially the starter still, even though Tyler Herbach went and spent all his fab on Latavius Murray in every single league that he possibly could. (laughs) (laughs) Melvin Gordon was is still the starter. How do you break down this field? Or this backfield, uh, just uh, slash twenty percent lady. Um, Latavius Murray still gonna get his work. Um, honestly, Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. I don't care that he's still the starter right now. It's gonna be one of those things like he's gonna end up fumbling, fumbling the ball again, and then they're gonna be like, "Okay, we're done with you," and it's gonna be Latavius Murray's backfield. You better hope. Yeah. Now, I'm totally with you. I don't care what the head coach says. He's out here playing politics. You know, actions speak louder than words. And Melvin Gordon did not get the ball. So they obviously love Latavius Murray. Whatever he's bringing to the table works for him. And he's the guy moving forward, in my opinion. I think uh, I think the neck and rib injury had a lot more impact than people give it uh, for last week. Melvin Gordon not playing as much as he did. He did come into the game questionable in the first place. Uh, decided to to start and play, but I think that's why we saw a lot of Latavius. I still think Latavius will be involved, like you said, Tyler. But I do think um, it's not going to be a complete takeover in the backfield. So it almost makes these guys, in my opinion, not playable at all. Because I think we're going to see more of a split, and and that sucks. Honestly, I I disagree with the injury case because like if it was mostly the injury keeping him out, then why did they have to? Then why did Daniel Hackett have to come out and say they had a great talk this week and that he's you know told him that he's still the starter on this team? If that was if it was just an injury situation, then that this wouldn't have been any news. So the fact that it is news tells me that you know when there's smoke, there's fire. That's a great point. It's like he's saying these things in the press conference, not realizing that he's talking to. Um, adult fans. I know most people are pretty simple when it comes to football and shit like that. But I mean, a rib in- rib injury. What what does that mean? You can't hold the ball against your ribs because you fumble all the time, and your ribs hurt. Is that why it's a rib injury? That's all I gotta say. And and as far as like Octavius Murray, he's not gonna take over the backfield. But I'd be willing to bet money. Over the course of the season, until the season ends, Latavius Murray has more fantasy points than Melvin Gordon. And Mike Boone, that's obvious at this point. But over Melvin Gordon, I think it will happen. 
And what about the passing game uh, for the Broncos? I mean, this whole team's been disappointing. Obviously, Russell Wilson has not played well. They're not putting up a lot of points, uh, both in real-life scoring and fantasy. Um, Are we just moving on? Yeah. Yeah, I think at this point you have to. I mean, until Russell Wilson starts to play better, you can't rely on Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy ever having consistent production. So, yeah, I think you have to move on. I mostly agree. I never really was a big fan of Jerry Judy uh, with Russell Wilson at quarterback, especially the last few weeks. But Cortland Sutton still gets a decent amount of looks. Last week was a rough week for him, definitely. He played 100% of the snaps, only had three targets. But if I'm taking a risk on anybody, it's Cortland Sutton. And if I have him on my team, I would probably throw my flex one more time, even though the Jets are playing great defense as of the last three weeks. If you don't have a good flex option, Cortland Sutton, I would personally be willing to risk it. Not Jerry Judy, though. Definitely not. Yeah, it just sucks because you drafted Sutton. That is either your wide receiver one or wide receiver two. So you kind of are forced to play him. Um, and hope for the best, but yeah, it's uh, it's tough right now. Uh, Texans taking on the Raiders. Uh, Raiders are seven point favorites. The over under is forty five and a half points. <laughs> the Raiders are one in five. Uh, Texans side of the ball. It is <laughs> one in four. You son of a bitch! How are you going to lose a game in the bye week? I'm just seeing the future. Um. Fuck Texans, Damian Pierce <laughs> expected to get 20 rushing attempts a game, said head coach. Um, Lovey Smith. Said their head coach, Lovey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so not sure if that's actually going to happen eventually, but hopefully. Um, Damian Pierce, you can start solid RB2 to RB3 option. Um but that's it for the Texans, right? Not even a uh, Brandon Cooks. Dude, Brandon Cooks has been like non-existent for most of the season. Yeah, you can't start him. Yeah, it, it's sad to say because it, it's not really a Brandon Cooks thing. It's just, it's a connection thing. He he's still averaging eight targets a game. So well, yeah, I mean, no, he's getting great looks, but it's, it's just the not drop happening. off from Davis Mills. Davis Mills doesn't look like half the quarterback he was all of last season as a rookie. So. Um, unless his play you know greatly improves, Brandon Cooks shouldn't really be near any lineups. Oh yeah, Davis Mills looking like Davis hundreds at this point. Big drop off. Looking like a a baby giraffe out there, um, <laughs> just <laughs> struggling to keep his head up. <laughs> Someone's been watching National Geographic. Just knees wobbling and you know all shooken up. Sad. I, 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 um, I will say this though: the Raiders are the twenty eighth worst, like, twenty eight out of thirty two <laughs> defenses. Like, what, how, oh my god! Okay, so we're just posting pictures of Davis Mills in the document that I'm trying to read right now. His neck is in is one whole page is just his <laughs> neck, and then his face is on the other page, and his body's on the page below that. Yeah, I don't know if you ever put a picture in a Word document, but it gets wonky, and then when you put that neck in there, things get real wonky. But the Raiders are the 28th worst defense in the league. So I would not be surprised if you do get some good fancy players off of the Texan side of the ball, which might be Brandon Cooks, if their connection happens. 
I'll just throw that out there. I hate to say it. But I am a Raiders fan, but I'm just being honest. On the Raiders side of the ball, uh, <laughs> <God damn> it. <laughs> after the bye week, Darren Waller still hurt, still dealing with the hamstring. Made him leave early in week five. He missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. He's not expected to play on Sunday. What the hell I'll is going on, this. Trey? I know some drug dealers in Las Vegas. Darren Waller has relapsed. Breaking news. Oh, you heard it here first. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I would never. <laughs> it's a messed up joke, man. Yeah, it is because I love him so much. But, you know, I figured I'd throw it out there. It's a because... messed up show. If you haven't noticed. That's, that's, hey, man. that's a fair point. With Darren Waller <laughs> being out, <laughs> it's a good thing to bring up. If, if Darren Waller is out, Foster Moreau is a great addition. Oh. If you want to, if you need a tight end to stream, great addition. He's always been a red zone threat, even with Darren Waller healthy. If Darren Waller is out, Foster Moreau is more than serviceable. Very great backup tight end. So if you need a tight end, check out Foster Moreau this week. Josh Jacobs, solid start. Obviously, Houston's giving up the most points to the running back position. Uh, Derek Carr, QB 18 on the season. But what about this matchup? Honestly, the Texans only give up 13 points games to quarterbacks, but it's only because it's so easy to run the ball on them. Um, so Derek Carr is not a very good streaming option this week. Um, I would be looking elsewhere, um, only because, like I said, the they're so bad against the run that Josh Jacobs is going to eat up all the points. That is a good point. I, I will add into the fact they're coming off of a bye week. So even though he's quarterback 18, he's also one week removed, one of the first quarterbacks on a bye week in the rankings. So really his points come from five games, not six games like everyone else in the rankings. I'm not saying he's a great quarterback to start, but he has some for two touchdowns in four out of his five games. He has a decent floor. If you do have Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, that's another quarterback I'd be looking at. Honestly, if you have Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, I'm looking at either Mariota or Derek Carr, and I would have no problem throwing them in. And uh, Devontae Adams, he's in jail, right? I fucking hate you. For for that crime? (laughs) That fucking ungodly act of sin that he committed. <clears throat> okay, On a you poor little from... soul. You're a heretic, a little he guy. Was your... No, he was your guy for seven years, and now you're gonna talk smack. He should be crucified or whatever they did in the Bible or religious <laughs> things. Oh my goodness! Turns out we, got, uh, we, have, we are off the rails, guys. John You're Gruden paid his bail. He's out of jail. Gruden showed up, paid the bail, and uh, now Devontae is playing this week, so you can start him. Still waiting on uh, his punishment from from uh, Goodell. How can I taste the salt through this fucking remote <laughs> recording? Uh, Let's just the move Chiefs. On. The Chiefs. <laughs> I'm trying. The Chiefs taking on the 49ers. The Chiefs are three-point favorites. The over-under is 48.5 points. 49ers dealing with some injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Is that enough for you to start good old Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week? 
No. <laughs> like they're really good. They're a very good defense. Um, their backups are good. I bet you they have. I bet you they have four or five backups that would be starters on like every other team in team in the league. Like they're just too damn good. Um, they only give up fourteen points a game to the to the running back position. Even with the injuries, I expect them to still dominate, and that means that Clyde should not be in your lineup this week. As hard as that is, because he has played pretty well this season. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Clyde has been declining, and it's not like another running back in that backfield is taking things away from him. They've just been struggling in general to do anything on the ground. 49ers are great. You got to avoid it. I would avoid as well. Bit of a committee at this point. I don't really like that. But uh, Chiefs, Juju finally showed up last week against the Bills. 19.8 fantasy points. So if you were brave enough to start him, that paid off. What do you think this week against the 49ers? He'll have probably somewhere between three and five-ish fantasy points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think you can start him this week. Not not reliable. Not He's just not a reliable target. None of these receivers are in Kansas City. I mean, Patrick Mahomes said himself before the season started that they expect to have you know a different receiver leading every week. And... That's partially a lie because no receiver's done anything for this offense so far this season. So all been Travis Kelsey. Um, so yeah, you can't start uh, Juju or any other Chiefs wide receiver. Yeah, it, it's a total dart throw. It's a very high over under. It should be a decent scoring game, and you, you're really taking a risk throwing at any of those receivers. Other side of the ball, Jeff Wilson had negative fantasy points last week. CMC is now in town and expects to play on some capacity this week. It sounds like just maybe in the red zone or goal line situations. So that's obviously going to eat into Jeff Wilson's fantasy value as well. Is Jeff Wilson startable? No. (laughs) No. I concur. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, Debo obviously <laughs> <laughs> no Debo's obviously starting George Kittle 10 targets last week 8 receptions 83 yards <clears throat> finally showed up um, I think you can start him against the Chiefs they're going to have to throw the ball around a little bit score some points other than that anyone else Brandon Ayuk I think has a good chance to have uh a good game this week. And I understand, you know, uh, George Kittle broke out last week. He's been slowly coming along in the offense. I'll talk about Brandon Ayuk later in the episode. Spoiler alert. And Debo continues to get his same share. But um, if this game is competitive, I see Brandon Ayuk bordering double-digit targets. I'm not saying he'll score 24 points like he did last week, but he's in a good position to score a good amount of points, and he's definitely worth starting. Yeah, I'm going to disagree on Ayuk. Um, this is what we saw from him Ooh. last year, too, where like he likes to just throw out those teaser games. Like, oh, yes, it's finally there. And then the next week he goes, nope, I just just kidding. I just wanted to just wanted to you know, play a little game. It was fun. And he never does. He never backs up in back to back weeks. He never does. So he's going to have a bad game again. Yeah, well, you can suck my Dragon Balls because I'm going to give you a Ayuk and... <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can. Uh, Seahawks taking on the Chargers. The Chargers are six and a half point favorites. The over under is 51 points. Does that seem a little high? 
or the Seahawks? Like, is that? It's how good the, that's how high? good both these offenses have been this year. The Seahawks have the number Seahawks one offense in the league based good. on DVOA. Their yeah, offense right. is good. And I will say both bad defenses. Yeah, Seahawks allow a lot of points, and the Chargers surprisingly do allow a lot of points, even though they do have a great defense. So, yeah, I can understand the over-under. Kenny Walker, big game in his uh, starting debut uh, as a rookie. Um, looked pretty freaking explosive. 18-point game against the Cardinals. I think he's a start week in and week out, in my opinion, if you have him on your roster um, in all formats. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think he's going to be an easy. He's going to be like a low-end RB1, a high-end RB2 for probably the rest of the season. Um, and I would even elevate him a little more this week against the Chargers. Yep, no, I completely agree. Definitely a must-start. Uh, Tyler Lockett, mispractice on Wednesday, dealing with a hamstring injury. Not a sure about Thursday, but we will. Uh, did not practice on Thursday. Did not practice on Thursday. That is not a good sign for him to play on Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously you can't start Lockett. Um, both Lockett and DK had quiet games last week. Um, do we expect DK to bounce back? this week against the Chargers as Lockett probably is going to be either hurt or not playing at all. That's honestly, that's really worrisome. As Tyler Lockett's out, you're going to see DK with double coverage um, probably the entire game. And so that sucks. Um, I think you, if Lockett's in, that helps DK's uh, projection. But I think if Lockett's out, man, it's going to be really hard to start DK. Or if you do have to start him, I would definitely temper expectations. Yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't expect a huge game, but DK is still a must-start. Should be a decent scoring game. DK will get the the looks that he needs to get to be worthy of starting on a fantasy team. All right, and uh, Geno Smith. Streamable option this week? Even with Tyler Lockett hurt? No, he's not. Tyler, okay. you, uh, oh, Keenan oh, Allen. <laughs> no, honestly, I was just waiting because I thought Tyler was going to be all over that. No, I was. I was wanted you to go first, but um, honestly, I think Dino's a pretty good streaming option this week, only because there's so many guys on by. Um, you know, we talked about it earlier: Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins. They're all on, all on by. So you're talking about four, you know, top. 12 or 15 guys most weeks that are gone. So you're going to be needing someone. Um, I think Gino's a pretty good streaming option um, with the high over under that this game is expected to have. Yeah. And that, that's a good point. I do like Gino, but let me give you guys this question. Then you got to choose one. If you have a quarterback on by Gino Smith, Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota, who you're rolling with. Probably Gino. You're dumb. Oh, <laughs> Probably Gino. Are you fucking serious, both of you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Fine, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think I assume I think you're going Raiders going to be able to run the ball. I'm going Carr, Mariota, Gino in that order. 
Uh, Start the car, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's a toss-up, honestly. But, uh, you know, I like Mariota's rushing upside. I like Geno and the way the offense has been running and a lot of points to be scored. Derek Carr, I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think the Raiders are going to be able to run the ball. I don't think they're going to have to rely on, on Carr too much. But, so, yeah, that's why I'd go Geno. But. Oh, that's cool. It's a toss up. I'm pretty salty, but that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the ball in this matchup of the Chargers for the Seahawks, Keenan Allen limited that practice both Wednesday and Thursday. He's been dealing with his own hamstring injury, um, as has everybody else. Um, so you're going to have to keep an eye on his status throughout the week. Thursday being limited, that's not a great sign. You know, he's that he's that type of player, though. If if he's made active on Sunday and they say he's playing, then you have to play him. Um, you're still playing Mike Williams. If Keenan Allen is out, then I think Joshua Palmer uh, becomes startable. Um, but only if he plays, that. he hasn't practiced this week with a concussion. Okay, so he's probably not going to play because the NFL is being much more conservative with concussions but that leaves um what's his nuts um the other <laughs> receiver that played for the commanders last week or DeAndre, last year DeAndre um, Carter DeAndre Carter as an option out there cuz he does get targets when Keenan Allen is out especially if Josh Palmer is out as well Gerald Everett is dealing with an illness think he'll probably play Parnum also dealing with a concussion. Uh, Everett did return to practice on Thursday. So yeah, he's going to play, but the other two pretty questionable with those concussions. So how do you guys see this breaking out? Mike Williams, Deandre Carter and Everett. Well, if Keenan Allen plays, then Carter's out. So sure. I, it's, it's all based off of, you know, Allen's health. Um, it sounds like Allen's probably going to play this week. Uh, unless there's, I mean, usually their Friday, Friday is just a walkthrough practice. It's not a full-blown practice. So the chances of him tweaking his hamstring tomorrow are pretty slim. So I think Allen's probably pretty probable to play this weekend. Is that the same injury he's been dealing with all year? He's yeah. got like 20 snaps this season. Yeah, he uh, he was set to return a couple weeks ago. And then in, on the Thursday practice, he tweaked the, he tweaked the hamstring again. And so he's been out against ever since. So for knowing that, I'd be willing to bet on, you know, if you want to grab DeAndre Carter and you want a flex option, you're not in a horrible spot. I would not expect Keenan Allen to play. He hasn't played all year. First game, he played 33% of snaps. It's not looking good for him. I need him to come back and play a full game before I trust him. Um... Moving on to the Steelers taking on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are seven-point favorites, over-unders 44.5 points. This is the Sunday night football game. On the Steelers' side of the ball, Kenny Pickett, Frickett, was a full participant in practice on Wednesday and looks like he will be clear of the concussion protocols and be able to start on Sunday night. So what does that mean for the weapons in Pittsburgh? Because I don't think you're relying on Penny, Kenny Pickett, um, like starting him as your quarterback, obviously. 
unless you're in really deep super flex leagues. Uh, but Deontay Johnson has pretty much been disappointing all year. Chase Claypool had a had a big game with old Mitch Trubisky in there last week, and, and George Pickens seems like he has had a connection with De- uh, excuse me Kenny Pickett. So what are you doing knowing that Kenny Pickett's probably starting with these receivers? Uh, I mean, go ahead. I'll just say real quick, if Kenny Pickett's starting, I like George Pickens. If Mitch Trubisky's starting, it, it, it's a dart throw. It seems like he does prefer Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson, at this point in the season, I'm not really starting him, which is crazy to say. Like George Pickens is the only person I'm really eyeing, just waiting for Kenny Pickett to be uh, proven as the starter for this week. Yeah, I'm with you. If I had to pick between the three, George Pickens is the guy I'm going with. Um, sucks to say with Deontay Johnson because I you know, still believe in his talent, but whatever is happening in Pittsburgh is not going well for him right now. So you might not have a better option to throw in your lineup other than Deontay Johnson based off where you drafted him. But yeah, between the three, I'm expecting Pickens to have the best game and probably the best outlook for the rest of the season. Yeah, free Deontay Johnson for the love of God. Trade him to the Packers, please. <laughs> if the Steelers aren't going to use him, because I think he's super talented, and uh, I've loved having Deontay on my teams the past few years, and uh, it's, it just sucks that he's just not startable at this point. You know, it does still get targets, but it's it's rough out there uh, for Deontay. He might have a, a big game here and there. Who knows? We'll see. But it's it's tough to to throw him in your lineup week in and week out when he's just not producing. Um, Pat Fryermuth, uh is going to return Sunday night after missing last week with the concussions. Can you throw the Muth right back into your starting lineup at tight end? I mean, he's a good streaming option. He will be every week. Tight end position, as usual, is extremely volatile, um, unless you have the top basically two guys. Um, after that, it's way up and down. So, yeah, I mean, you probably don't have many better options, and so why not throw him in there? Before he got injured, he was getting over seven targets a game, obviously with a, di- a different quarterback. But, you know, in the, in the half game that Pickett played, and I'll be honest, I don't know if these stats came from Pickett or Trubisky when Pickett got put in for Trubisky. Um, in Firemoo's last full game, it was his best game of the season. Nine targets, seven catches, 85 yards. You got to start him, especially in this in this landscape. With the tight ends being weird, if he's good to go, I'm rolling with him. He's been practicing in full, so should be good to go. Um, I think you can start him as well. Steelers would be dumb not to use him in red zone situations. So, um, yeah, I I like to move him with it. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa has been cleared to return to play this week, and he is set to start on Sunday night. So <clears throat> that's pretty crazy. Are you immediately throwing him back in as your starting quarterback? If you did previously, um, yeah, let's just start there. Do you like Tua as a <laughs> starting quarterback this week? Let me just say this before you start, Tyler. Um, if I see somebody on the ground throwing up gang signs like that for being knocked out, I'm going to wait 
one full game before I even considered throwing him in my lineup. And before he got injured, he had three games. Well, let's just say before he got injured, he had two games with less than 14 points and one 40-point game with six touchdowns. That's so unlikely to reproduce. So I, I just got to see Tua do it, honestly, for two weeks before I even considered throwing him in my lineup. I'm throwing him in the lineup. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, no, I I am. Um, I think he's going to be kind of raring to go get back on the field. Um, the offense continued to evolve even without him, and you're, the weapons are starting to really play well, so I think he's going to be good. Plus, it's a good matchup against the Steelers, so I'm okay throwing him right back into your lineup this week. Um, the receivers then, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, obviously starting. Um, Jalen Waddle has been limited, though, but they're thinking he's going to be good for Sunday night. It's a little sketchy, though, given that they are the Sunday night game. <clears throat> what are your thoughts on Jalen Waddle? I mean, they're limited, but it sounds like they're mostly just to you know help protect him. Um, the reports is saying that he might not be 100%, but he uh, should expect to play his usual snap, snap share. So he should be good to go on Sunday. Um, I wouldn't... Unless something drastic changes, you know, that comes out tomorrow or Saturday, uh, I wouldn't have any worry about him, you know, not playing. Uh, Raheem Mostert dealing with the knee injury. He was limited all week last week. He did play, was not very effective. He's been limited this week. What are we doing with this backfield? I mean, is anyone startable in the Miami backfield? I mean, Raheem did practice in full on Thursday, so that's a good sign. But, I mean... It's also he he has taken over. It seems to be his backfield, but yeah, not doing it. He had two you know pretty good games last week. was was a bit of a dud against Minnesota. This week is another. It's a decent matchup against Pittsburgh, so um, I think you could use him as a flex play, but it's probably a low end flex. Hey, you said it perfectly. Low end flex play. I feel like I'm repeating myself from last week. We expected this run the offense to be a lot better, and it's very underwhelming so far. Yeah. Uh, what about your boy though? Mike Kosicki hit the gritty about halfway around the field. Oh, is that what that was supposed to be? The gritty? Because uh... <laughs> it was a, more like a Mick Griddle. <laughs> yeah. He hit the Mick Griddle. Uh, can you start Kosicki? Tight end? No. No. Don't fall for that bullshit. All right. Honestly, Trey last week when we were going over the starts and sits, he's like. We didn't bring it up. He brought it up like as an actor, like why not throwing Gasicki this week with the injuries they were dealing with? You know, they were going to start Skylar Thompson before, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater got cleared. So, but it worked out. He had this bet by far the best game of the season, seven targets, which his before that his highest targets on the uh, season was only four. So I think Trey hit it perfectly last week. Like why not start him this week? He can't be any worse. It kind of seemed like everything was setting up for him to have a good week. And now he's going to go back to being shit. All right. And don't fall for the magic <laughs> trick. Yeah, I would say don't fall for it again. But hey, that's why they call me Trey Victory Lap Jose as of 30 <laughs> minutes ago. Because I did <laughs> fucking call that. You did. It was perfect. It was, it was you know, and I'm, I'm proud of you because it's the first time you even really mentioned his name all season, even though that is your boy. And it worked out so well for you. 
I love I love it. I love my victory laps, and I love how you did it for me. I was in the passenger seat in that victory lap. <laughs> and honestly, just to like illustrate how bad the tight end position has been this year, that twenty almost twenty two point outburst he had moved Mike Kosicki all the way up to the tight end twelve on the season. Damn, that's a hell of a victory lap, baby. <laughs> We're doing donuts of the Daytona 500. Shout out to my country boys. <laughs> About to hit a Gesicki gritty. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Bears taking on the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are seven and a half point favorites. The over-under is a whopping 39 and a half points on Monday Night Football. Should be a goddamn barn burner. Uh, why are the Bears in primetime games? Because like, every team's supposed to get at least one. Like it's like in the collective bargaining weren't agreement, every just team gets in... one prime. Yeah, they're on weren't Thursday weren't night. They... Everyone yeah. plays one Thursday night game, then everyone's supposed to get one other uh primetime game either Sunday or Monday night. It's in the oh, it's in man. the bylaws. Read the bylaws. Nobody reads the yeah. fine print, dude. <laughs> So David Montgomery, obviously on the Bears, probably going to start him. I mean, are you? Do you have to start David Montgomery? Yes, you do. Do you? Should it really be a question at this point? When he's healthy, he does control that backfield. I know Khalil Herbert is very explosive when he does get his opportunities, and he's still it is a borderline start worthy when he is um given the opportunities, but I, I think it's all David Montgomery. Well, not all, but it, it's mostly David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert is like someone you can kind of take a flyer on if David Montgomery is hurt. Yeah, I think you can still start David Montgomery. I know it's the Patriots are pretty good against the, against running back so far this season, but even with that being said, he gets so much work and so much usage. Um, you're still going to see him finish as probably an RB two. Mm, all right. If you say so. Um, Darnell Mooney. Okay. Best hold game on. of the if, season last week. Hey, real quick. If you're on the fence, who are you starting above Montgomery right now? Raheem uh, Mostert. Give me some names. Yeah. Mostert. Mostert. Um, mm, no. Jeff Montgomery. Wilson. What? No, Montgomery. They just traded for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's first week, and we know that he's oh. he's going to still get most of the carries. Uh, Christian's only going to be be there in the red zone package. So, yeah, what about this? I mean, you know, Drake. Yep. Shoot. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. Uh, that's a good one. I would I would go Montgomery. So yeah, I guess I'm starting him over most guys in those types yeah. of situations. Sure. So you like Dave Montgomery, you just won't say it. That's cool. I do. I just think the Patriots are have a pretty good defense. So I'm worried about what he's actually going to be able to do, especially since they can't throw the ball. Um, but They can never throw the ball, and he, he still does okay. His stats do look horrible if you look at it from an outside perspective, but he, you know, he didn't play against the Giants. He got injured against Texans. At this point, you know, he has two 15-plus point games. 
a decent first week of the season, and last week he had eight and a half points. So I he's worth starting. For sure. The volume is there. Just the offense as a whole just kind of sucks. Oh, we're not uh, arguing but, that. The Bears suck dick. But Mooney did have the best game of his career last week. Uh, 12 targets, 7 receptions for 68 yards. It's not the best game of his career, I don't think. But definitely the best game this season. Uh, he was half a yard away from scoring a touchdown as well, which would have been nice. But he's finally getting some volume. They're throwing the ball maybe a little bit more than 10 times a game. But uh, first of all, are you rostering Mooney? <laughs> and then if you do roster him, are you starting him? No, you can't start him yet. I mean, I like – I. Love that he finally got some some work this last weekend. Um, but I think he could still be rostered. Obviously, he is the number one receiver on this offense, even if they're not throwing a bunch. Hopefully, this offense is starting to come together a little bit more, and they do throw the ball a little more, open up this offense. And then eventually, I hope Mooney will become available, or you know, as somebody you can consider starting on a weekly basis. But as of right now, he should at least be rostered. Um, I'm sure you have room on your bench for him. He's definitely a long-term play. Over As the season progresses, the Bears continue to throw the ball a little bit more, and Fields seems to be getting more comfortable throwing the ball, a.k.a. more productive. So, yeah, Mooney is a long-term play at this point. That, that, that's why I would approach all of that. Um, 12 targets, definitely an anomaly. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, five weeks from now, we're talking about Darnell Mooney, and we're starting him. Uh, other side of the ball, Damian Harris practiced fully on Thursday. Could be playing this weekend. Uh, what is that going to do for Ramadre Stevenson? He did finish as the RB1 overall last week. We all know the potential of Stevenson and that he could be a big-time fantasy asset if he had a backfield to his own. But Damian Harris still lingers uh, in this backfield. What happens is if both of them are active and playing and healthy, what are you doing with this backfield? Um, honestly, it goes back to where it was all season. Maybe the you know what Ramondre did last week allows him to have a few more, a few more touches this game because Damian Harris had um, started to kind of pull away. It seemed like um, so maybe Ramondre even even the course back up here, but that also means for fantasy owners, it's hard to trust either one of them because I think you're going to see even closer and more more likely a 50-50 split than even what it was earlier in the season. So it makes it tough. Um, it looks like Harris isn't going to be hobbled at all since he practiced in full on Thursday. So I don't know. I don't think – I honestly don't think you could start either one of them, um, but they are playing the Bears. So maybe this week alone you could you know throw each one into your flex. I mostly agree, but even before Damian Harris got injured, Ramondre Stevenson was playing more of the snaps. We talked about this plenty of times, though. Damian Harris does look better, but he's still coming back from that injury. This week, I'm willing to put my money on Ramondre Stevenson one more time. Uh, in the receiving game, first of all, is Bailey Zappi playing, dude, again? Or is it Mac Jones? Uh, no, Mac Jones was, I don't think, practice today, or if he did, it was limited. Um, let's Take a look here. I believe it's Bailey Zappi one more time as far as everything that I've read so far this week. 
Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones limited at, limited at practice on Thursday. I believe Zappy will more than likely to get the start. So Zappy, the next Tom Brady is playing. Jacoby Myers <laughs> was a popular waiver wire addition. He's been pretty productive. Only four targets last week, but guess what? Caught all four of them for 60 yards. How do you view Jacoby Myers? I mean, is he is he a must start at this point with what he's done? I mean, his target share, it's up there. He's clearly the wide receiver one in the offense. Um, him and, and Zappi seem to have a decent connection. And, you know, him and Mac Jones did beforehand as, as well. So um, I think – I don't think you can necessarily – he's not a starting receiver. I think he's a you know a flex play receiver. And against the Bears, uh, you know, it's probably a, a decent flex play this week. But you're never going to be able to really count on him every week just because of the way this offense is. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, yep, I completely agree as well. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into our starts of the week. Who yeah. wants to start at the start of the week? Let me do it. Because yeah. I'm talking no. about your boy. <laughs> all right, you don't want me to do it. I'm talking about your boy. No, I'll at your boy. I'll at your boy about your boy. Trey, who's your starting quarterback this week? Aaron Rodgers versus the Commanders. I talked about it a decent amount earlier, so I'll just do it pretty quickly. You know, I think he's more than capable of finally getting his first 300-yard game of the season versus the Commanders. I think his floor for this game is about 300 yards and two touchdowns. In week three, Jalen Hurts had 340 yards and three touchdowns against Washington, a.k.a. the Commanders, a.k.a. formerly racial slur and that's by far the best quarterback that the commanders have played so far is Jalen Hurts so I think Aaron Rodgers is really going to show him something this week I like it hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah yeah. uh yeah I'm going with Tua I told you that I'm fine you know throwing right back in your lineup this weekend this is why uh Tua is my start of the week he one comes back against a really good good matchup in the Steelers who are giving the seventh most points to the quarterback position at over at almost 21 a game. So uh, big points going that way. But for me, the bigger part of this is that with him being out, the offense continued to still expand and become better. And while he didn't play in the you know two plushes games that he wasn't in there, uh, Tyreek Hill averaged 128 yards a game and Jalen Waddle averaged 64. So they're to combine averaging still 190 points a game. This offense is only getting better. Um, you know, that's with Theodore water crossing and the rookie Skylar Thompson throwing in the ball. So I think Tua oh, yeah. coming back and being, you know, the starter in this offense, clearly the most talented quarterback on the roster continues to make this offense open up even more, be more explosive. And I think that Tua is the top five play this week. Shout out to Theodore water crossing. Yeah, Mr. Watercrossing, thank you for your service, uh, as always. Uh, my quarterback, this is more of a stream of the week, I would say, uh, is Matty Ice. As uh, we talked a little bit about on the waiver wire episode, I think he's um, one of the top options to pick up and stream this week. He's got a really nice matchup against the Titans. Jonathan Taylor's still coming back up off the injury. They seem to figure it out a little bit in the passing game last week, obviously. 
And um, hopefully that continues this week against the Titans, who have been giving up a lot of points to quarterbacks. Trey, running back? That's decent. My running back start of the week is going to be the same exact game that Aaron Rodgers is playing in. Opposite side of the ball. Brian Robinson against the Packers. And I know Green Bay is a pretty solid defense so far. They're really stout against the pass, but they're pretty weak against the run. Four out of their six games so far this year, they allowed 120-plus rushing yards. And one of the weeks they shut down an offense was against Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay cannot run the ball against anybody. And, you know, Brian Robinson's been back for two weeks, and he dominated the backfield carries last week, just his second week back, and his snap percentage continues to increase. So I believe he's going to run all over the Packers. All right, it's two weeks in a row that Brian Robinson's been chosen at the start of the week. I hope he uh, continues to to progress there. Many, many, many men choose (laughs) Brian Robinson. All right. Excellent. I love it. Uh, I'm actually going to go with another rookie uh, here. I'm going with Kenny Kenneth Walker the third against the Chargers. So obviously Walker took advantage of a great uh, a, or took advantage of a great matchup last week against the Cardinals, giving up a, having 110 yards, and now he gets the Chargers, who are actually even worse against against running backs on the season. Uh, the Chargers are giving up the highest yards per carry on the season at 5.6. They're also giving up the second most touchdowns running backs. The only team that's worse is the Browns right now. The Seahawks, the Seahawks are also averaging 5.3 yards a carry. It's the third best uh, yards per carry in the league. So all that adds up is that Kenny Walker is going to have a lot of room to, to run the ball. He's going to you know, show that explosiveness again. I think he's in line for another RB1 type of finish. Oh, yeah. That's all day, baby. I like that. Yeah, Kenny Walker looks good, man. He looks real good. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens there. And he's in a good position with the team that likes to run the ball if they can. So um, all signs pointing up for Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, my running back is going to be Josh Jacobs uh, against the Houston Texans. Pretty easy one here. Houston Texans have not been able to stop the run at all, giving up the most points to the running back position per week. Um, I think it's 27 points <laughs> per week to the running back position, which is crazy. Uh, Josh Jacobs, absolute RB1 this week, must start. I love it. I love that one. My wide receiver start of the week is going to be Brandon Ayuk versus the Chiefs. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Probably my biggest reach as far as my starts of the week, but I think he'll do pretty good. Uh, he's coming off his season best performance last week, and he plays Kansas City this week, who has consistently allowed two touchdowns to just receivers this year in every single game. And like I said before, I know Kittle's slowly emerging, and Debo Samuel has a big chunk of this offense, but even last week, Brandon Ayuk still had a 30% target share. This game should be a pretty high scoring, and San Francisco is going to try to keep up pace with Kansas City. So if it's another high-volume game, I see IU get another 30% target share, you know, eight-plus targets. He should be in a good position to get some points. Absolutely, absolutely. So I uh, mentioned earlier in the episode when we talked about the Thursday night game, DeAndre Hopkins was my original start of the week. Uh, that would have worked out pretty well. I had all these stats to go along with it, but we'll digress and uh, kind of c- – flip over to another receiver i'm gonna go back to a guy that i've talked pretty or we all have talked highly of of so far this year even though we weren't expecting to and i'm gonna go back to amari cooper um Ooh. 
yeah. I mean, honestly, he's had in four of the six games this so far this season, he's had double digit targets. And in those games, he's had double digit tar- targets. He scored a touchdown in every single one of those games. He has a 28% target share, which is really, really high. And then you're also, you know, adding all that up with playing the Ravens, who have not been a great defense so far this season and are actually the fifth worst against receivers on the year, giving up more than 33 points a game. So I think all that being said, Cooper has a very high floor this week and a great, great ceiling. I think he could absolutely finish as a you know wide receiver one. Uh, for my receiver, I'm going to go with Alan Lazard here um, playing against the Washington Commanders to kind of piggyback off of uh, Trey's start of the week and Aaron Rodgers. I think the offense turns things around a little bit in the passing game. Alan Lazard has been very involved, um, scoring touchdowns um, in most games. Definitely a red zone threat. Um, I think he could be a solid flex uh, wide receiver two option for you this week. Um, Romeo Dobbs, I think you can play as well, but um, Alan Lazard is the go-to veteran on this team. And at some point, this offense has to start clicking. I think they do this week. Um, I think Alan Lazard is a solid, solid play. Nice. I like that. Uh, My tight end start of the week is going to be David Njoku versus the Ravens. And at this point, David Njoku, he's the office, obvious second option in the Browns passing attack, and he solidified himself, you know, as one of the top 10 tight ends on the season already. So this might be kind of fluky. And I'll be honest, the Ravens aren't really weak against tight ends, but they do allow them to catch 80% of their targets. So I see Njoku having at least, you know, seven targets, which is his average six catches and a 70 yard game, which is a solid 10 points for your tight end, which puts him in the tight end, no matter our top. 10 tight ends no matter what throwing a touchdown and he might be even top three this week david joku is looking pretty good yeah i mean he's been getting a ton of targets and you know other than amari cooper someone else has to kind of produce in this passing game so i like it um i'm actually going to go back to the seahawks chargers game but i'm going to go with gerald Everett against the seahawks so i mean obviously gerald Everett is dealing with the illness we did practice in full today so that's always obviously a good sign but the seahawks are giving up 21 points per game to the tight ends that's six more points than the second worst team which is the lions six more that's almost a whole game for most tight ends now i know what you're saying i know what you're thinking is that well they got absolutely lit up by tj hawkinson and Taysom hill right those two guys in their games against the seahawks combined for 68 points that's insane so it's obviously that's skewing that number up even if you remove those games the seahawks are still giving up double digit points to tight ends that means gerald Everett is basically destined for a double digit uh week and with that being said if you go back over the top 12 tight ends on each week if you've hit double digits you've fallen no farther than tight end 10 on the week so gerald everett tight end number one on the week done that's real juicy i like that yeah i uh i wanted gerald everett as my my tight end but tyler took him um, and then I was like, oh, David Njoku, Trey took him. So that's part of the problem <laughs> with being last to the document. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. So I'm going to go with Schultz. It's a bit of a gut check here. Dalton Schultz uh, playing the Detroit Lions. I know Schultz has been dealing with injury. Um, but Dak is back. Dalton played in full or has been practicing in full. 
Uh, so he should be back and healthy as well. I think they look to get him involved in this offense and try to get back to what um, what they really wanted to do at the beginning of the season. Uh, Detroit Lions are playing are eighth worst against uh, the tight end position, giving up twelve point four points per week. So I, I think Dalton Schultz is in play here this week, and I know it's a bit risky, but I think he has a, a solid game uh, this week at tight end. All right. Well, that'll do it for whoa, 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 the whoa. skill Keep positions. Up, okay, there the you go. Skill okay, okay. position <laughs> players. <laughs> but we still got to talk about the defenses. Uh, so Trey, Victory Lap Jose, do you have some defenses for <laughs> us this week? Yeah, I only got two for you this week because, like, I usually don't include the obvious starts of the week. Uh, for defenses or teams that are usually already taken in your leagues, the first of my two that I'll give you is the Dolphins' defense versus Steelers. And I know the Dolphins have struggled all year as a defense, but this week they play a pretty stagnant offense who will either start a rookie in Kenny Pickett who has thrown one touchdown in eight quarters, or they'll start the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, that they benched for Kenny Pickett. They've also been struggling to run the ball. So Miami's in a good position to be start-worthy, even though they themselves have been struggling. And my second defense is going to be the Jets versus the Broncos. The only bright spot in Denver's offense right now is Latavius Murray, and that should really tell you a lot. Someone who's been on the team uh, for barely two weeks. The Jets are on a hot run right now as they've scored double-digit points as a fantasy defense in their last three games when they played uh, Green Bay last week, the Dolphins before that, and the Steelers before that. So I think the Jets are in a good position to score um, be score a decent amount of points and definitely be a start worthy for you. And that will wrap up my defenses of the week. Right on, right on. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for our matchup episode and starts of the week. If you have any other questions, starting questions, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers, and we are happy to answer uh, all your start sit questions there. Um, thank you all for listening. Good luck this weekend, and uh, we will catch you next Tuesday for Week Eight waiver wires. We'll talk to you later. Bye.